0: Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is our TV news show where we talk about renewals, cancellations, pilot orders, series orders, and everything in between, and uh, yeah, uh, we seem to be on an every other week's schedule, uh, which is not intentional, it's never intentional, but it just seems to always work out that way, but luckily for us in this case, almost all of the news on today's docket is from the past week, because there was just very little the week before, so it's worked out in this case. Uh, so this wasn't a case of you kind of being lazy and not going all the way back like you sometimes do? Uh, what is that insinuation? I, I I always go all the way back, and I did go all the way back this time, and there was nothing. Al- well, almost nothing. There was like a small handful of minor things.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, fair insinuation. I know what you're like. I went all the way back. If I actually went back like two days too far... And then you started recognising new stories. Exactly, and that's what We yes. already talked about this. So, uh, we'll get into things. Uh, first up, Umbrella Academy has been renewed for Season 3 by Netflix. Uh, another 10-episode season. It'll begin filming in February in Toronto. Uh, and things are filming now, so I believe they're going to start then. Admittedly, I also assume they'll probably stop about 10 times during production as they get <laughs> uh, positive cases. Because I want to make this clear right now. There was like a 100 news stories this week of various shows pausing for a couple of days or pausing for a week here or there because of positive cases. It's just a normal, just expect it, There's, it's fine. The, the, I think most productions
1: are going to bake in like an extra 25-30% to the schedule,
0: just accounting for, right, okay, we're going to stop for a week here, there, yeah. or whatever. It's just going to be a normal thing now. Uh, unless you're in New Zealand, in which case you can just go <laughs> just go for it. Uh, as long as everyone's been in the two weeks of, uh, you know, quarantine before they start, just go yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we weren't super enthused by season two of Umbrella Academy, so I'm not exactly overly pumped. But I, I didn't necessarily want it to be cancelled either. So, yeah, fair enough. Go and see what yeah. you can do. See if you can wow me. Um. Next up, Alex Ryder, which I know we were all waiting for the... I forgot it existed. To be honest, we're we're all waiting for the uh the uh what what do we call it the prognosis 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 yes yes I was trying to think of the medical term for uh you know is it dead? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, so Amazon, which is apparently this is like a co-production with IMDb TV, um, they have renewed this uh for season two. So, okay, um. I knew it was a co-production.
1: I thought I was under the impression it was a co-production with
0: some sort of British network. Well, it probably but... is too. But IMDb TV uh, or IMDb TV is like owned by Amazon or something. I don't know. They're, like they're connected. Okay. I mean, it was uh... on Prime, it's not... <laughs> so it's yeah, definitely yeah. Amazon.
1: It, it definitely is Amazon. <laughs> I, I do take a lot of umbrage when you say, unfortunately, that it's alive because why? Not that I care. Not that I am ever going to watch any more of it. But if they're renewing it, it means presumably enough people enjoyed it. Eh, let them have it.
0: No. Why not? No. Doesn't hurt you. Improve your taste, you bunch of plebs. End the discussion. Um. Yeah. I actually, when when I glanced at this story when I was getting the news together, I I thought it said at the eleventh hour. You know, thinking, oh, it was almost like you know, it almost didn't get saved, and it did. That's not what I read. What I actually read was Eleventh Hour Films is the production company behind. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, that's there. Uh, unless positive news. Although, again, depending on your perspective on the show, The Outsider uh, has been passed on from HBO, but MRC, who own it, uh, or to make it, are going around, are shopping around other places in the hopes that they can make a second season, um. Honestly, The Outsider was one that had some promise at the start, but by the time we suffered through all 10 episodes, I wish we hadn't stuck with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it was it was around the middle of the season where we were like it, it, it's just it's just going to be a mid-season slump and then it just got worse and worse. Um but a lot of people seem to really like
0: it. I mean, it tastes are variable, I guess, but it's not super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So apparently it would be centering around uh the the Holly character. It wouldn't be focusing necessarily in the t- the town where the crimes happened. It would be following her, which makes some sense given she was probably the most interesting character, and she she can go off and have other adventures elsewhere. But uh, that that'll be how you you kind of do it, and it's kind of anthology, but also not really because it's the same character who's going from plot to plot. But yeah, uh, no, that makes sense. It's not a bad I'll, idea, I'll, admittedly, but it's just yeah. You know. I will say, I'll be surprised
1: if it does get picked up.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of the smaller cable places will be excited with the prospect.
1: I mean, it's possible
0: that, I don't know, stars want it, but yes. I, I'll be surprised still. Speaking of Stephen King things, though, it's uh, more bad news because Castle Rock has been cancelled at Hulu after two seasons. And this Didn't was that one. second season air like a long time ago now. I don't remember when it aired, but... Um, Castle Rock, of course, uh, was kind of a... Not a shared universe, but it was pulling from a lot of different Stephen King properties and sort of mixing them up and sort of... It was kind of like the idea, okay, a universe where all of Stephen King's books or stories exist in one, and sort of taking pieces here or there and maybe redoing some of them as a story for a season because I know season two was uh, largely uh Was it People to Misery, I think? Uh, second season? I have no... I honestly didn't read anything about season 2, so I'll take your word for it. But uh, this is uh, cancelled. And this is one where we watched and reviewed all of season 1 and thought it was generally okay if, but nothing special, and then the finale outright like tanked it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, this is one of the few examples where the finale wasn't like just kind of more of the same or as expected or a, a conclusion that we saw coming. It was more just, oh wait, that was actually really bad and kind of made me hate the rest of the season in retrospect. I, I I'm usually... In most cases, of the mindset
1: of that, it's hard for an uh, like an ending to ruin the the whole thing. Like you know the the, you know, the 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 journey is 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 its own thing, right? For a lot of it, and it's not reliant on the on the destination usually. But man,
0: something about that one really rubbed me wrong. Yeah, and usually that's true. I think it's because TV is a serialized medium, and if if you, if you if you know if you if you enjoy nine episodes and then you just don't like the 10th one that much or if you enjoy 21 episodes of the journey and just don't love the ending that much it doesn't necessarily negate all the fun you had along the way especially depending on the type of show it is but yep. sometimes it can, it can be a, a rough thing uh, and i think that's one of the cases where it, it, it was for me and obviously again it's very subjective as to you know what endings do ruin things for people if they don't if indeed they don't like it obviously if you like the ending it doesn't matter <laughs> like you're happy either way uh Next up, we have a premiere date, finally, for what will be the first of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. So, uh, this is WandaVision, which is going to premiere on January 15th, 2021. Of course, the first two of these shows were originally going to be this year. Obviously, the pandemic's what pushed everything back, but we're finally getting uh, the first of these.
1: Yeah, and this has, been, this has slipped relatively recently because it was even in a you know post-pandemic world in the last couple of months where they were still saying, no, we're, we're on track for the end of the year.
0: Well, I mean, it's January 15th, it's not been pushed... Th- I it's, mean, it- no,
1: it's not been pushed far, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I say it's... it's I, I think it's only really notable because it means that this is the first year in, like I don't know, a decade or so since there hasn't been a single MCU entry in any format.
0: Unless you count in the last season of The Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is debatable for some reasons, but it was Colson. They did reference the movies. There is. It, 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 it was MCU. I'm not sure if it was by the end. <laughs> that said, though, I mean, it's definitely the closest we've come to nothing from that universe since 2009. Yes. Because there was no MCU movies in 2009. They took a year off before Iron Man 2, and then since then, it's been shock a block. Um, and it'll likely be the last time because now we're going to have official TV shows that are tying into the MCU. Even if the pandemic is on another year, there'll be a few of these, and we'll have that. Yeah,
1: I think there was even all but all but confirmation this week of uh, Haley Steinfeld being in the the Hawkeye one, right?
0: Oh, good. Uh, so yeah, there you go, January fifteenth for one division, and it looks delightfully different. Uh, which I think uh has me intrigued for it. I'm looking forward to checking this one out. Yeah. Uh, so
1: I, I've seen comic creators kind of say, "No, it is pulling almost entirely from the uh, the Tom King book uh, from a couple mm-hmm. of years ago." So, um, if you're a fan of that, I, I imagine you'll be a fan of the show by the
0: look of it. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus stuff, there's just a, a show being moved, The Mysterious Benedict Society, uh, which stars Tony Hale from Arrested Development, of course. Um, you know, he he learned all his moves in army. Uh, if you if you if you know the show uh but uh that was going to be on hulu and it's actually moving to disney plus uh it's based on a series mm-hmm. of young, young adult books so i guess they just decided that this is less a mature audience thing and more of a young teen thing and therefore they should go on disney plus yeah, that, that makes sense young adult things feel perfectly at home on
1: disney plus right um probably more so than they do on hulu so yeah it makes
0: sense well i think it's kind of this is probably something that was in development before it, not, yeah Maybe not before, like there was murmurs of these things happening, but certainly in the same way that Runaways was a Hulu show, I'm pretty sure if they developed Runaways now, it wouldn't be on Hulu. It would it would be on Disney Plus.
1: Maybe just about, yeah. So
0: it's a borderline
1: one, I think, but yeah, I see where you're coming from.
0: Uh, all right, so now we're into the into the comedies then. Um, so CBS have ordered a multi-camera comedy from Chuck Lore. Which puts him (laughs) this is insane. It puts him at six on air comedies at the same time, once this starts airing, um, on network TV, five of which are CBS. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh I don't know
1: what sort of deal they have. I don't know because it's clearly not like a fully exclusive deal, but I imagine they have a first look deal, if at least unofficially, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, even if it's not an official thing, if it's just a case of they always pay him well, so he goes there first. And he's, then... clearly, he's clearly got a good working relationship with some contacts there, right? So CBS has given order to United States of Al. I hate mot- it already. A <laughs> camera comedy pilot from Chuck Lorre. Um, the series announcement, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the series announcement came on Veterans Day, which is fitting for a show whose coley character is a veteran. Uh... So, where's the actual... Da, 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 da. Where's the actual description? Come on. Oh, here we go. Right. This is like five paragraphs down. Come on, Deadline. Stop screwing me. So, The United States of Al is about the friendship between Riley, a Marine combat veteran struggling to readjust to civilian life in Ohio, and al Uh I'm probably butchering that, but played by Al. Or, shortened to Al, rather. Um, so, the interpreter who served with his unit in Afghanistan and has just arrived to start a new life in America. Uh, Dean Norris is in there as well, which, you know, I like him.
1: I feel this. like I do vaguely remember hearing about this description a while back. Oh, um, well, we probably brought it up. When it was... Yeah, we probably did. It's got just a ring of familiarity, but I'm not 100% sure we did talk about it, or if it's more just such a, you know, okay, well, we've probably heard two or three like this over the past couple
0: of years. Yeah. Um. Honestly, it sounds like a a solid idea that CBS are going to and Chuck Lorre, for that matter, uh, are going to make as bland and as I won't say offensive, but <laughs> as bland and as stereotypical as it could possibly get. Yeah, I think offensive is the wrong word because mm. it's almost
1: inoffensive with how bland everything is. Right? That that he does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, nah, that's 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 fair. Um, offensively mediocre, maybe, is the phrase I was thinking mm, yeah, of. I, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, so, that's the United States of Al. Uh, moving on to Fox. Fox is continuing uh, with some animation. It's a, it's a hybrid animated single-camera comedy. So, I don't know if this is like that. What was that one called that we did the pilot for a few years ago? With like the He-Man-style knockoff that was in live action. It, it was like he was animated, but everything oh. else was... Um.
1: I cannot for the life of me remember because,
0: the name of that. Because he was dating, like, you know, a real woman. Like, he was dating, like, someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I don't... know. And you had the jealous ex-husband, and he was walking around with his big sword, a big was, cartoon it sword. It was exactly
1: what you expected.
0: Yeah, describe it is. So, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, called Demigod, and it's coming from Bella and the Bulldogs writer, Katie Greenway. So this is a... Uh, yes hybrid comedy a demigod follows a powerless fast food employee who escapes into a fantasy world she's created from her favorite video game only to have it turn against her when the uh, virtual townspeople are granted sentience and the game's latest upgrade um so she's live action but the rest of it isn't when she goes into this world at least it's possible that everything in the world, including her, Is will animated? be an animated
1: avatar of her, uh, and it will sure. be, you know,
0: and we'll have the real world framing it as, as such. Yeah, and I assume that because it's... I mean, I don't know if they'd call it a hybrid, if it was just the pilot started with live action and it never went back. I assume it's going to be jumping... It'll be following yeah. her real life still uh, yeah. as well, I, I assume. So, yeah, something, I suppose. Not terrible.
1: It's, it doesn't sound awful. No.
0: Uh, so that is that. Uh, jumping back to CBS. Uh, Diallo Riddle and Bashir Salahuddin. If I'm sorry if I'm butchering those names. Uh, the creators of Sherman Showcase and Southside are developing a doo-wop college comedy for CBS. I act, I googled what doo-wop was because I didn't know it is a style of music. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'd never heard of it. So. Really, it's uh, I mean, I mean, it is. It's not exactly recent music, but. Yeah. Well they said it was just like a subgenre of uh like rhythm and blues, I think they said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of uh forties, fifties, sixties sort of yeah. Yeah, you
1: got a bit of a big resurgence I swing of it
0: there. I just wanted I I thought this was like one of these fancy abbreviations to sometimes give to like uh like certain college athletes or like, okay. or or like uh, when they have like a like a fraternity it's,
1: I <laughs> it's one of those things but I couldn't tell you a single song in it but mm. if you played me one I'd be like oh yeah you know, I'd recognise it and go yeah that's that and you probably would recognise a, a few of them as well
0: I probably, I probably would yeah uh, the Cowdery follows a group of black college students from blue collar backgrounds as they adjust to the culture shock of the Ivy League wanting to feel more at home at college they, fi- they find a family by forming a doo-wop group um, and I think that's why I was thinking like some sort of frat group style okay thing. sure yeah. I'm with you um that sounds—I mean, obviously the music part—not so much, but it sounds like CBS doing a dear white people style show, probably D- with D- pro- probably with much less bait, I—I would assume dear white people meets Glee. maybe? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, it's CBS, so I, I don't hold much hope. It'll but... be probably very tame. Yeah. So HBO Max, along with Radical Act, which is Don Cheadle's uh, company. Uh, uh, and of course this article has to phrase it they're taking it to the max I get it I get it right how many times can they get away with putting that in an article I don't know uh, da, 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 da. in fact I think the show's called Max I think that's why they use that specifically
1: Max on HBO Max thrilling
0: okay or is it, I don't know. That's, I'll be honest, the writing of this first <laughs> sentence is kind of confusing. Uh, read read the sentence. Don Cheadle's Radical Light banner and HBO Max are taking it to the max. But the max is in italics, which makes it sound like it's the name. If it's in italics, I would assume so. Yes. Uh, so, with fresh off the boat skins and newsroom scribe, uh, Camilla Blackett, uh, on board a showrunner, uh, Yeah Max is the title, focuses on a black millennial woman who is trying to juggle her intense professional life and her intricate sex life with, uh, <laughs> with as the official logline says, some light sociopathic tendencies. And that was definitely professional and personal lives. What is more personal and intricate sex life?
1: Oh, oh I'm not disputing. I'm just deciding what I, what I want to take uh, directly from the bottle. I think, I think we'll be cheap and cheerful, because I am swinging this from the bottle after all. And sure. I'll just go with this uh, rather large litre bottle of bells that I have sitting around. Right
0: so, I, I don't believe uh, Cheadle's going to be that much involved beyond just being an executive producer, so. Obviously, they're, they're using his name here in the article, headline and all that, because he's involved in some way. Uh, it's but, the usual, isn't it? Yeah. Uh. So, honestly, as of yet, I don't know how to gauge a HBO Max comedy. Uh, I expect it's a lot more like a cable comedy than a network comedy. It certainly sounds uh, like it from description.
1: I agree, but they did use personal and professional, so they do, like, lose some originality points.
0: Okay, sure, 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 sure. Sure, sure. All right, uh, well that pretty much takes us on to the drama. So I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, now Al tribesman Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh they are all our Patreon producers for the month, which means they are twenty dollars or more in patreon.com slash where you can go and support us for as little as one dollar per month and get access to some bonus episodes of some things and early access to some other stuff Um but generally speaking just keep uh, all the content coming and show your support uh, you can also do that for free if you hit the like button on youtube uh, it's super helpful to do that uh, as well as even comment and subscribing all these things are super helpful and um, and help youtube sort of actually occasionally maybe recommend this to other people who watch similar content it's really <laughs> it's really that simple uh,
1: so I, on that i noticed uh earlier youtube have started asking me on a handful of videos mm-hmm. uh, various things you know i'll I'll watch something and then go back to my homepage, and it'll pop up being like, "Yeah, how did you find this video? Yeah, would you, do you and you know, ask me on you know, like on a, on a, like a five star rating as and oh. you know, we'll, you know, as, and it'll like, hey, if you if you say you like this, we'll recommend more stuff like it. So, uh, if five YouTube stars. does that to any of you as well, yeah, five stars, that'd be great.
0: Five stars and thumbs up and hearts and anything else they throw at you that is positive. Uh, so yeah, uh, so all the dramas then. So first up. Gunpowder in the Sky, uh, their label, Dust, which is a sci-fi label, is working on a new TV show version of H.G. Wells' novel, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, It'll be titled simply Moreau. Now, Normally, I'd be annoyed at the simplification of the title, but Moreau's a unique enough word that it doesn't actually come off that bad.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's one of those things where I think you,
0: you can say that and people will know what it's in reference to already. Yeah, because sometimes you'll just get a title of that, but the name will be like Steven. And I was going to call it Steven. I'm like, piss <laughs> I was off. was going to go
1: with Dave. But it <laughs> says it all, doesn't
0: it? Yeah. Uh, so, written by Isaac Stentz, X Men First Class Star, uh, Rim of the World, Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous, Terminator the Save of Chronicles, that's his credits. <laughs> They've pointed out here. I mean,
1: a mixed bag, but nothing there that really stood out as terrible.
0: I was a few. I've been mean, like X Men: First Class. Thor's Thor was not bad at the time, although I don't know if it's easy to watch now. The but...
1: um that Jurassic World, that's the animated one on Netflix recently, and mm-hmm. from what I gather, it is exactly what it looks like it is from the trailer. So, I mean, looks
0: fine. All right. So here's the description as of right. The double helix wasn't even a twinkle in Watson and Watson and Crick's eye when H. D. Wells first wrote the Island of Doctor Moreau. But in nine sorry, in eighteen the eighteen ninety six novel proved astonishingly pressing about how unlocking the secrets of DNA would open the door to humanity playing God with the natural world in strange and frightening ways uh, said the, uh, the the producer. Um, and now, in the shadow of uh, the... How do you say this? CRISPR revolution? Or do you just say C-R-I-S-P-R? Probably CRISPR. Probably CRISPR. Um, you can tell neither of us uh, follow the science journals. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure it's CRISPR. Yeah. But in the shadow of the, the CRISPR revolution, it felt like the perfect time to revisit Moreau and bring it into our own 21st century of transgenic animals, designer babies, and other scientific advances Wells never could have dreamed of. I'm delighted to be working on this with Eric, Jeff, and the Gunpowder and Sky team to welcome a whole new generation to the Good Doctors terrifying island. Um, Honestly, I mean, obviously that was more of like an interview answer to what the show is rather than like a, an official logline. Uh, but i think it did a good enough job of kind of saying here this, here's why we should do this because all the the subjects that that, that was prodding at you know over a hundred years ago they've kind of advanced a bit since then so here's kind of like we can take that and uh, apply the same ideas and morals to the actual science that we're kind of poking at now yeah i mean hg wells was
1: an absolute visionary for sure in terms of obviously yeah we go here oh, yeah, you can go oh yeah he's the the one that named the time machine, you know, uh, the time machine as, as a thing, right? But some of his other stuff that he was saying, I mean, he saw essentially the rise and fall of the European Union and Britain's relationship with America versus, uh, as opposed to its relationship with continental Europe. But like, he, he saw a lot of things ahead of his time.
0: Um, it's because he had a time machine. Although, I'm not giving him points for being the first person to call a time machine a time machine. You know, that's like. Like, what am I going to do? Uh, applaud someone for walk, walking into a room, seeing a toaster and going, I'm going to call that a toast machine. All right? <laughs> uh, 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 well, you can't call it the timer, can you? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's not like it's a fancy title. It's, it's just a description of it. It's a machine that travels through time, I, therefore a I time agree. machine. I
1: agree, but it, it was more the idea of that's how long ago, you know how early he was telling these stories before anyone else was my point there. Um, but but my point is, it wasn't just the the sci fi elements that he was ahead of his time on. It was you know the the real world stuff that he was you know really kind of on the pulse, you know, seventy eight years, maybe more, in advance of where he was. Um, so you know, as much as this is fun to okay, we can kind of build on what you know he he had and you know and bring it into the modern age. Uh, I suspect that it's already pretty well formed in a in a shockingly. You know, articulate way already from the source. To, so mm. you're building from a strong
0: base, which is, is a
1: good point here.
0: Yeah, I need to reheat my dinner, so I'm going to go put it in the heat machine. Uh, so let's move on. Please. Look, he was a very smart guy. He, he predicted a lot of things, he, he invented a lot of storytelling and science fiction sort of concepts. I do not dispute any of this, but I am not going to applaud the man for the phrase time machine. (laughs) Well, no one else had managed to put it on paper before him. Well, I'll applaud him for thinking of the idea of a time machine, but not naming it a time machine. (laughs) It's about as bland as a descriptive name as you can get. It is. is. All right. So Skydance TV's hour-long series starring an executive, which by Arnold Schwarzenegger, has landed at Netflix. Netflix are now behind us. Uh, So... Yeah, it's coming together. Uh, the project is also going to star Monica Barbaro, who's going to be in Top Gun Maverick. Not that any of us have seen that yet, because movies have all basically skipped the year. They,
1: they, they don't exist anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it's got a scripted series commitment uh, created by Nick Santora. The series, marking uh, Schwarzenegger's first major foray into scripted television, is going to be about a global spy adventure with a father and daughter at the centre of the story. Not, and obviously, the Arnold's the father. This actress is the daughter, that's probably obvious, but I'll point that out just in case. Although, (laughs) Arnold playing the daughter would be funnier, I admit. (laughs) I reckon he'd try it as well if they put that in the script. (laughs) I I think he'd go along with it. (laughs) What are you doing? Father! Come here!
1: (laughs) You know he's down for some shenanigans (laughs) like that.
0: I have to get out of the skirt! I have to jump off the plane. I can't do it in this dress. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, this it? show is never going to live up to that now. Do
0: you know what I love about Arnold's accent? Is that, I don't even have to be that good at it. If I just get in a rough ballpark, everyone's minds will just fill in the blanks and just take it where it's, it needs it's to go. Tr- you don't need to be that close. You just need to raise your voice a little bit while you do it and be a bit stilted, <laughs> and you're fine. <laughs> well, I, I find just drawing out a, f- a few syllables is what makes it work. Uh, give these people air you know you just have to really emphasize one of the syllables but, but notice how I, I, i'm aware you're trying not to go loud because
1: you're, you're being rather professional and not wanting to blow out the levels on the mm-hmm. mic but even when you did that then i can hear you straining to go louder like oh. you you just have to push the volume up to do it
0: give these people air yeah it's hard to do it you have a spray yeah you have to accentuate so anyway next up So, Robert Schwarzman's filmmaker centric distribution company Utopia has launched Utopia Originals and it will focus on development, uh, films, TV, blah blah blah. Um, They are teaming with Norman Reedus and his production banner, uh, Big Bald Head and Shout Studios. And Big Bald Head. No wonder he started working with Kojima. Big Bald Head's all one word, all lowercase. That's that's what's the weird part. If If it's just Big Bald Head, whatever, it's a funny name, fine. But it's big bald head in one word, with no no uppercase. Mm. The weird part. Um, so yeah, they're doing an adaptation, a TV adaptation, obviously, of a classic horror movie. And I use the word classic here, fairly, you know, quotation. And the but reason why? Do you I, just mean old? Uh, yeah, it, it means old. And the reason why I say that is because at this point, and I'm not trying to be egotistical here, but if I have not seen it, it's. I mean, unless it's from a certain area, it's probably not a classic, right? I've I've kind of went through the classics. And, a cult classic that you might have missed. And I, I you know, I've seen Slumber Party Massacre, I've seen House and Sorority Row, but I have never seen Sorority House Massacre, which is the film that this is adapting <laughs> into a TV show. Uh, clearly I need to see it, given the title. Because yeah, why haven't you seen this? Uh, this was a, a Roger Corman uh, flick <laughs> directed by Carol Frank. So yes, uh, this is, going, this is going to be in development in partnership with Stephen Trask, creator of the Tony Award-winning Broadway musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch. What the hell does that even mean? The, <laughs> the I'm familiar with it, actually. The 1886 movie is exactly what it, the, 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 what it suggests. A story about sorority sisters who are stalked by a psychopathic killer, who shares a telepathic link with one of the girls. So, okay, see, that's wait, your selling point. Wait, wait. That's just sell- Yeah, well, how does the title imply that part? How does the title <laughs> yeah, imply the- that part?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. The guy's telepathic.
0: <laughs> is that the assumption that the title is also partially telepathic and I just don't have the powers to pick up on it? Is that, is that what it's saying? Like? Uh, um, so, yeah, it spawned a couple of sequels as well. So I've got... A, okay, me and Tim need to do the trilogy on streams, obviously. Uh apparently this is just a weird out of nowhere because i read this headline and thought oh i wonder what movie it is because it said horror movie and i was like, oh what is it i was like i was like yeah i've seen that i don't know but i have a." and i had to look sit and think because it's the title's so similar to like three other movies it's I pretty had, generic sound, I, I, yeah. I had to sit and think about if i'd seen it or not uh but i have not that's,
1: that's so. like, if that hadn't said telepathic i can and they you know they went oh it's exactly what it sounds like i could have described that movie
0: to you right do you know what? I'm just to, to, just to confirm, I'm going to my letterbox. I just want to, I'm going to confirm that I have <laughs> not seen this. bothering you that much
1: that maybe you've seen it and, and you know, you're oh. just forgetting. I feel like you'd remember at least the telepathic element, though. Like, I've, that seen, that. I've, seen, I've
0: from, seen that in a couple of slashes. it's fine.
1: Uh, I, no, I know it's, not, it, you, you know it's not unique, but it's less common. Um, what Was it Sorry Party Massacre? I don't know. It's words in in some sort of indeterminate order.
0: I'll go, I'll go back. Where is it? Sorority House Massacre. Ah. I see? see? Hey.
1: Generic sounding. But, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're going to ask me what that is, it's a, it's a Sorority House, and, uh, uh, and and there's a Slasher coming to, to kill them all.
0: That's, I don't even, uh I don't even get a result in Letterboxd for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is how classic this movie is. It's, it's deep web hidden. Is it
0: showing up now? oh i have seen this you've seen this i recognize the point i have i might even own this in blu-ray <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> i may have this why didn't that show up maybe i tapewood sorry or something but it didn't show up in the letterbox um yeah i've, I've seen that yeah okay Joe,
1: so I, I would give you shit for going why do you not remember seeing this but there are like major films well, yeah, you know, I'll be browsing Netflix, looking for something to watch, and I'll go. hmm, Have I seen that? And it's like not even like a a low key film. It's like a, a pretty mainstream movie. And I'm like, I can't remember if I've seen it or not. I will have to go and check my own letterboxed and go. Okay, no, I did see this. Oh, I only watched that seven months ago. But
0: yeah, okay, that made an impact. Do you, do you know what it was? It was a telepathic thing. I'm sure I've seen this. I'm sure. I sure I remember this link thing. That's, what that's why I was saying that, that should it. make it stand out in your brain a little bit more because that's m- uncommon. Well, should it, we say? It's on Amazon Prime, so if you want to go watch it. I uh, know what I'm doing when we're finished here. <laughs> <it. laughs> you can go watch it. Um Yeah, I think I might own that on blu I might own that on Alright, moving on so to w- the next What thing. did you give it on Letterboxd? Uh, I gave it a six out of ten. Oh, no, that's fine. I'll watch that. Alright, for a slasher movie, that's well Yeah, within, yeah, that's what I mean. Well within range. Uh, it's been a while, though. I don't remember it well enough to actually be confident that it still deserves that, but that's what I gave it at the time. Uh no, good enough. All right, Amazon has given a green light to a Supernatural Thriller series called The Rig, with Do- John Strickland, uh, who's behind Lane of Duty and the Bodyguard, set to helm the six-part series. So a limited series, clearly here. Mm. Those are both
1: pretty highly regarded uh, BBC shows, I believe, both of them. But, uh, you know, people love those shows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cast is currently being confirmed for the series, which is set on board the Kishorn-Bravel oil rig stationed off the Scottish coast in the dangerous waters of the North Sea. When the crew is due to return to the mainland, a mysterious and all-enveloping fog rolls through and they find themselves cut off from all communication with the shore and the outside world. As they endeavour to discover what's driving this force, bonds are broken and allegiances are formed and generational fault lines exposed. Uh... That actually sounds quite good, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I thought the back half of the description sounded a little bit generic. About just, uh, yeah, 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 it's
0: TV yeah like, like, yeah, they're just fluffing it up a little bit. But the, the the basic premise being oil rig cut off from the mainland, and there's a mysterious fog, and they all start to like break down. It's it's very much you know yeah. the mist on an oil rig. I don't know if there's monsters in the, the mist, admittedly, it, but it
1: kind of uh, you know the 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 mist meets maybe uh, the terror a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, six episodes is enough time for the psychological elements of all the characters going a bit loopy to yeah, play out, and,
1: and maybe enough to as well to keep it concise enough that you yeah. know, it doesn't have any diminishing returns, which is easy to do with something like this. You you can go too long on it.
0: Yeah, and it's actually shooting in Scotland. It's shooting at First Stage Studios, which is a new studio they built uh, just recently in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah, which is funny because. Given that they're going to be shooting in a studio, they didn't really need to film it in Scotland. They could have just <laughs> filmed it I don't think yeah. it surprised me, given that, you know, like I say, you know, the, the
1: previous work, Line of Duty and Bodyguard are yeah. BBC shows shot true, in Britain. True. So it, it's probably all located here
0: anyway. Uh, if it's going to be filled with Scottish actors, where it might be, then maybe it's just it's easier to cast a bunch of Scottish actors if you're in Scotland. Especially right now, when you can't guarantee being able to. them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, on the upside, with the premise, they could just sort of isolate everyone on set and just leave them there, and they're not allowed to leave until they're finished. It's, it's method acting it's method acting you're not like going to say world <laughs> in enforced method acting oh dear uh, so no that's interesting uh, sticking with Amazon here Amazon got a few things uh, so Amazon Studios are developing uh, Yes Daddy which is a novel uh, by Jonathan Parks of Remage um, and it's set uh, uh, set a nightmarish scenario in the Hamptons Um the book is actually a huge description, but I'll just read the, the first little bit, which kind of sums it all up. The book follows an ambitious young man who is lured by an older, successful playwright into a dazzling, or oh, sorry, a dizzying, dizzying world of wealth and an idyllic Hampton's home where things take a na- nightmarish turn. Uh, so, yeah, there's like a huge like description of what actually happens in the book underneath that, but... Honestly, was I mean, there, any,
1: was there any, Have a little skim and see if there's any personal and professional that we need to be aware of. We, we would hate to cheat the audience out of, uh, out of the, you
0: know. Uh, okay, main character team. moved to New York City with dreams of becoming a successful playwright. Just skim it yourself. If there's not any there, you can just say no. It's fine. Yeah, but I'm not. I can't just look for the keywords. I have to look for things that are paraphrasing it. So I would say that's professional because it's about him, his career goals. Sure. Right. So that's why I'm pointing that particular thing out. Um. He's working extra hours to make rent. Also professional, right? So we definitely have professional covered here. We do. All right? He stumbles on blah 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 blah. Has a hungry and passionate affair. I mean, that's that's personal life. Like it definitely it is. But was it was it phrased in any way that, that made it feel like they were linking them? I mean, not really. But I mean, they definitely. It, there's like three paragraphs of description here. They, they definitely mention both his personal and professional life as a as a broad stroke. Okay.
1: I think I'll pass if they're not linked directly. But
0: it, I mean, the, the point here is it's, it's this, uh you know, looking up to this uh superstar playwright who's older, going to have this romantic fling with an older man. Things aren't it, as they seem. And then it turns out to be a bit more sadistic and there's a dark side to it. Um, That's the basic gist of it based on what I'm reading here. Yeah. Um,
1: it, it doesn't sound like it's probably going to be a show for us.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. Uh, next up, Dennis the Menace <laughs> is getting a shot on TV. Which one? It uh, is the, Oh, well, let me... Do, yeah See, I, I, until I read this article, I had no idea there was two Dennis the Menaces. This was news oh, to really? me. Oh, um, uh, really? Dennis the Menace is getting a shot at the small screen after uh, Beano Studios started developing young adult mm. adaptation of the classic British book comic book character, uh, not to be confused with the US character by Hank Ketchum. Yeah, the, the
1: American
0: one, some blonde dweeb who's not really a menace at all. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. The only Dennis and menace I've ever experienced is the American movie, so I've never actually read or seen anything but the British you, one.
1: You never read any Beano as a kid?
0: Nah. Oh, man. I, uh, I never read a single comic book until I was in like high school, after I saw Batman Begins. I, that's why I started reading comic books. I never read a single comic strip before then. Oh man, I uh, I read a a reasonable share of Beano, usually from the
1: grandparents. Uh, you know, had you know got them in line around whatever. Presumably they thought, ah, oh, you know, kids will like Beano. Um, and I did. It was enjoyable enough. Uh, and then there was a, a cartoon as well, I believe that I, I remember watching quite a bit of. But mm. you, you got Denon, you got you got the little dog Nasha.
0: Uh, so it's this is a live action series, and wait, this this is going to get a lot more interesting in a second, given. I don't think this is just a, a straight one to one accurate <laughs> mm, pull of okay. the, the thing. So uh Greg Berlanti's producing this. Of course he bloody for is a start, right? And they're trying to get US uh partners on board to make this and she I wonder, probably I want... won't have a problem with Berlanti's on it. Yeah, but I, I do wonder the, the weirdness of like there being a US version of this character and like like how how did it work this out in terms of like copyright and like using the name and whatever. Anyway. Mm. Uh so the tour of the pilot script is understood to be much darker than the original, with Dennis believed to be a teenager around the age of 16. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, uh, usually he's like 10 Yeah. And flitting in and out of trouble with the police. One source told Deadline that the remake has a tone that is similar to British drama Skins. Mmm. I they're, really
1: don't like Skins. Uh,
0: they're going for gritty teenage dark drama, Dennis the Menace.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, Dennis I mean, trouble with the law and, and the police is not uncommon, even in that he has, you know, the, you know he, he will send a slingshot at some policeman's head. Ah, oh, yeah, know, but and that's and different to what yeah, it's a bit
0: different to what this is implying. I yeah, th- th- this show is implying he's actually involved in criminal activity and getting you know.
1: Which I will say isn't completely out of character like let's say you know this this is a, a kid at 10 who's quite happy throwing rocks through people's windows and stealing their pies uh, but so I, I, I can see that uh, I can see a version of Dennis the Menace that escalates into being a bit of a teenage petty theft prick Um, not sure I want to watch it though <laughs> but yeah, especially good. not if you tell me it's like skins which I really didn't like
0: yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm. I'm pretty good. Uh, next up as something I know you'll be interested in is that CW are developing another DC show, and they're putting out a, a backdoor pilot in one of their series to set this off. And
1: I want to. I want to. <laughs> is, is there any chance whatsoever I could guess this based on what I know?
0: I don't know if you'd guess it. I think you'll be surprised when I tell you who it is. because it is a character that when we were watching the shows was on one of the shows. Okay. And they're developing a backdoor pilot to set this character off with their own show. Can you tell me which show it's coming from and I'll see if I can figure see if I can
1: make a guess? It's black lightning. Okay, but it's not it's not gonna be either of the doors. hmm Um What's her name? The girlfriend. Who whose who's name I'm forgetting?
0: Is it her? Oh, from the outsiders. Uh yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot into. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm lost then painkiller oh no the boyfriend the other daughter's
1: boyfriend oh, oh, That's the oh one. no <laughs> the one that i really didn't like
0: the one that we agreed that was the the weakest character in the show uh he's coming back and there's gonna be a backdoor pilot in the seventh episode of the fourth season of black lightning uh which you know i mean, so it's not like definitely happening per se but if you know if this all goes well and they want to Thing that, that's the episode that's going to set up what this show would be, I suppose. So, I mean, I mean, I only assume that in season three, which we didn't see, that you know, that maybe developed him a bit more or something, but yeah, whatever, yeah, go be, for it. Yeah,
1: uh, just uh, what we're talking about the the Arrowverse in general. Oh, god, um, <laughs> uh, did, did you see uh, Stephen Amel's comments over the last few weeks? He was on a, uh, I think he was on Michael, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. I did not, know. um, and Basically, it was you know while all the shows were shut down and everything was not not able to shoot uh, unless you'd quarantined. you know. And he his show that he's working on the whatever the wrestling one that's co- that it's called that he's working on at the minute um, was also shut down. Oh, I say heels,
0: That
1: sounds possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically he reached out to Greg Valentine and went, "Look, hey, I know you can't shoot with any of your stuff. And you're you're really struggling right now. I can't do anything at the minute. Would it be helpful?" if we brought back Oliver Queen somehow and we did just a short little mini-series of some sort of Arrow sequel already and just did something so that, you know, you guys have got something there. Because I'm, I'm around, I'm free, I'm already quarantined I'm in the country. And um, apparently they were actually considering it if, if it had gone on longer and if they needed to. Uh, but if they couldn't get all the you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. actors back and, you know, without having to quarantine and, you know, follow the, the regulations and whatever.
0: That'd be weird. I mean, I used to say we wouldn't have watched it, but... No, but I think it's interesting because you
1: know it wasn't that long ago where he was like no never I'm done with it and it you know it's it's clear that maybe that even just as short a break as it's been the the animosity it's a little bit cleared up the break he's like Do you know what maybe it's it's not that bad um, or just weird or he just got bored because he's sitting around it's, doing nothing in a pandemic can't really blame him I did see that apparently like one of the the reasons that he was quite upset about all the stuff that went on is um them trying to rename it from the Arrowverse to the CWverse. He went on a whole rant on this podcast, being like, no, 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 we, you know, we started this legacy. It's an established thing. This is bullshit that they're trying to take that away from
0: us. And he really hates it. That's weird to me. Yeah. That's weird. Anyway, either CW, or well, still, I suppose, but uh, they've put in development uh, Modern Austin. What do you think this is? Before I tell you what it is, what do you think Modern Austin is? Um are we set in Austin, Texas
1: and it's some sort of (laughs) modern family that that is out of kilter with uh,
0: old traditional Austin values? Written by Eleanor Burgess Modern Austin is a one-hour anthology series that reimagines uh, Jane Austen's (laughs) beloved novels as six modern (laughs) stories offering a kaleidoscope look at love and family in our time of inequality and disconnection. Each season is a different novel, so it's going to be short season, or short sort of modernized adaptations of each novel. I, think I was going to say, because yeah. like one episode per novel would be incredibly ambitious. <laughs> yeah, so... And they'll start with Pride and Prejudice. set in Sa- Set in San Francisco. Um, the only Pride and Prejudice I've ever watched is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and even with the zombies, I was bored to tears. So, I'm good. I've seen a version with Keira Knightley, I'm pretty sure. Sounds like something she'd be in.
1: It, it does, doesn't it? But... They say that. I've seen a lot of Kira Knightley things that... Maybe I'm mixing them up. But I, I don't know. I've, I've read one of the books. Why are you watching Square all these Kira Knightley period pieces? Some of them are pretty good. Uh, so, some of them are alright. And, you know, they're, they're, they're not like my favourite movies, but they're usually pretty reliable.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Alright, NBC is putting development level as in, like, a you know, level. There's like a video game level. I don't know if that's what it's about. I'm just making clear what the word is. Say, it could be level, as in yeah, balanced. It could be. I, I'm just. I'm making it clear what I'm. I'm making it clear in case I'm saying it too quickly because it's a very quick word.
1: What mm. word I'm okay. saying?
0: It's. It's less for you and more for people who might struggle with my accent when I say something too fast. That's all. It's,
1: it's, it's fair. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, so coming from writer Sean Finnegan. Um and Julie Ann Robinson's Candylands, or sorry, Canny Lads production. I, I love how I just swapped uh, some letters around it to make Candylands. Um, so yes, so the idea for level was sparked by uh, the the writer's experience with investing and startups. Uh, so I assume this is level as in breaking even kind of thing, maybe presumably. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm guessing before I finish the description. Well, Well, it'll tell us, I'm sure. The series revolves around Charlie Hunt, who has the most brilliant business mind in history. But after a jarring family tragedy, Charlie quit chasing profits and repurposed his unique skills uh, to shut down villains who live above the law by making whatever they're doing. <laughs> what? This is going somewhere else. God. Charlie quit chasing profits and repurposed his unique skills to shut down villains who live above the law by making whatever they're doing an economic impossibility. It hits them where hearts and levels the playing field for everyone else. So he's an economical Batman is what what. <laughs> what's it? why isn't bruce Wayne doing this shit he's, he's he's just using the stock market and stuff to to fight bad guys I, I, what that 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 took a turn that was not why i thought level was going to, <laughs> was going to... No. <laughs> okay Ooh, that us okay. off guard didn't it all right next the NBC. they've got a new thriller here what is it put in development a drama from husband and wife rating duo april mcguire and will honley uh so and the untitled drama written by mcguire and honley a year after a weekend getaway ends in tragedy a diverse group of former high school friends reunite in the hopes of getting closure the reunion takes a dark turn however when a stranger begins taunting them and exposes dangerous secrets that led them to question whether their friend's death was really an accident i feel like i've watched this movie already yeah so now it's a tv show that's going to run for 20 two episodes (laughs) yeah potentially i mean maybe shorter than that but yeah nbc so there's every possibility Uh, and then last up still nbc uh last thing and this is kind of less exciting. this is a show that kind of already existed but basically to fill out the schedule a bit because obviously shows are coming back late they're having to take breaks in certain shows when they're filming Mm. uh apparently there's been a bit of a a boom in like importing canadian shows (laughs) to like fill out the schedule a little bit uh so nbc has picked up a medical drama called Nurses, which is about as dull as uh, I mean, possible. you could think of.
1: The only thing I can give it as credit here is I
0: know exactly what it is from the title. Yeah. Um, honestly, Canadian shows all sound really boring. Uh, uh, this marks the nice least. The this was a Canadian show. Uh, okay, yes, technically that's true, but I'm, uh, let me read the ones here that I'm saying are all the titles are boring. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about the titles, I'm talking about the shows themselves, I'm talking about the titles, right? This is the latest Canadian show picked up by US Network following deals for fellow medical dramas Transplant, also with NBC, and Procedural Coroner, which was picked up by the CW. Like, this is... Like, coroner, Transplant, Nurses. These are very simple, generic-sounding titles. Yeah. yeah. And they're all medical. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe Canada's really proud of its healthcare system, so they're really <laughs> they're just doing tons of shows about the healthcare system. <laughs> Look how good it is! No, no one talks yeah. about no one talks about the bells because they don't have to worry about it that much. Um, yeah, it's a t- ten ten episode season set in Toronto. Uh, Falls five young nurses working on the front lines of a busy downtown hospital, dedicating their lives to helping others while struggling to help themselves. Mm, oh, you that, bastard! That,
1: that sounds like personal, that is, personal lives. That that is yeah. Crack out the bells.
0: There you go. That's it. Yep, there you go. That's the news. That's not that a lot of super exciting. I think sorority house massacre was probably the uh the biggest thing. I was
1: uh I I enjoyed being caught off guard by level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause that I didn't see it coming. That was the biggest surprise of the episode.
0: Hey, some weeks aren't the as big or as just seniors wise. Mm-hmm. Um so there you go um it's entirely possible to expect not an episode of this uh this coming week and then probably back again the following week uh just that that seems to be the cycle right now if there's a lot of news this weekend it feels like we should then yeah maybe that said though the ps5 comes out on thursday there's a good chance that i will look for any excuse to record less things this weekend so uh you've been warned (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, you've Star Trek
0: watched. Discovery will still happen. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, the stuff that's supposed to happen will still happen, but this is ki- this kind of coming up to an off-week anyway, in terms of like recent traditions, so unless there's a really it's, it's, good it's reason... It's easy
1: to be like, well, we did one last week, yeah, it's
0: fine. Unless there's a really good reason to need to do one this coming weekend, you'll get you'll get another two-week batch in two weeks' time, so look forward to that. Uh, if
1: you they're going to drop so much news this week, you can't
0: ignore it. <laughs> it'll take something monumental. It'll take monument. We need a trailer for the new Buffy or something. Maybe then we'll we'll do a new show. But you know, disregarding that, probably not much. Anyway, that is uh that is the show. I uh, we mentioned Patreon earlier, of course, and like and subscribing, all those things. Uh just re- to reiterate, those are all very useful. Uh please do also follow us on uh, Twitter at mail underscore fuzz if you want channel updates or the ability to ask us questions, things like that. Um, otherwise though, that is us. So Thank you very much. It a light TV schedule uh, in November. Obviously, we're doing Star Trek Discovery. Um, so what, one of the tiers we have in Patreon is to suggest pilots to do it. and It's typically new pilots coming out that you think we should give a chance to. Um, but some people, because there's very little out this month, have been suggesting some old pilots. So we actually are planning a classic pilot-only review next week. Uh, or this week, actually, by the time this goes out. Uh, so you can look forward to a classic pilot being reviewed as a one-off kind of special um and maybe going back and trying a pilot or two that you know maybe slipped under the radar in this past couple of weeks but uh yeah otherwise star trek discovery uh we got stuff coming next month though we got uh, the stand to try and we got uh, season five of the expanse so yeah very excited for that of course yes uh but otherwise that's us thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla